Pizza. Feeling like every night is pizza night? Pizza again? Spice things up with Cholula for a flavor that'll make you forget you already had pizza twice this week. Cholula hot sauce. The best thing ever to happen to pizza. Choose Cholula. Wrestling fans of all ages, shapes, sizes, genders, and everything in between. It is time to go to war and be the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. Welcome to the revolution. Buzz, buzz, guys. My name is Kate Murphy. What's going on, everybody? This is Will Tarashek, the founder of the Kings of the Rings podcast. What's going on, guys? It is I, the one and only Quiet Riot himself, Zach, your host of the Young Lions Perspective. What's up, guys? This is the Monday Night Delight. Greetings, one and all. This is your Prime Minister speaking, your favorite Canadian Mr. Fret. Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Nate the Effing Great from the Game Changer Podcast. If you're looking for a network that keeps wrestling real, then you've come to the right place because you're listening to you are listening. You are listening to you are listening. Then you are listening. Get ready for a war because you're listening to what is going on, everybody. This is King Ricky Rose, your general manager, and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. Now enjoy the show. Are you ready? Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to change the landscape of podcasting as you know it in professional wrestling. This is the Game Changer Podcast. Featuring the greatest asset to come out of Canada, the legendary Mr. Fretz. As well as featuring yours truly, the game changer, Nate the Effin Great. change the game one day at a time ladies and gentlemen if you're ready let's do this say yeah we go hard all day all night on my brows are the people who'll be ready to fight say yeah They're here. Say yeah. Oh my gosh, that was one of the best things I could have seen on a Wednesday night. But welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Game Changer Podcast. 
I am Nate the Effing Ray, being joined here as always by my wonderful co-host, the one and only Mr. Fretz. Revolt, whatever you want to call it, FTR. They've arrived F and they look to be elite. FTR, but don't F this white claw. <laughs> I was at work last night, like I work, it's about 10.40 Eastern Standard Time. On a Thursday night, I just got home from work. Last night was the same deal, long, long late shift, and my phone's blowing up. Like, <laughs> oh, okay, what's going on here? I mean, did, did they open with Riddle? Did they open with uh, Riddle and Thatcher? I had a pun that I was going to steal from John, R John Ritland about that match, but it's it's left my brain. Like, huh, huh, huh. Oh, revival come out in a nice old school Chevy. Just ah. I knew the tease, man. The tease. They're teasing us. They're giving us something. It just, oh, that's. It's just one of those things where it's like, oh, this is like a nice deep tissue massage, and it's only going to get better from here. I'm looking forward to seeing this. So yes, we're excited to see FTR in the All Elite. It's going to be awesome because it's a matter of time before we get the dream match that everybody wants to see. Oh boy, just, uh, this has to be like at least what, four, it feels like five years in the making. At least, yeah. <clears throat> I, I think you, we might have got rumblings of it when, um, I think they used to be called the Mechanics. Uh, That's right, part, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh. Oh, when? I can't even remember their WWE. <laughs> Scott, Scott Dawson-Wilder. Oh, excuse, excuse me. Uh, hmm? Scott, Scott Dawson-Wilder. Thank you. Uh, as I almost uh, die of, uh, of COVID-20. Uh, yeah, well, there used to be called the Mechanics in NXT just right after um, Dawson had that Jamie Noble trailer park trash gimmick with Alexa Bliss. <laughs> And then, and then all of a sudden, here's Dawson, here's the mechanics, and then the rest is history. Uh, you got bits and pieces of it, because I think they were all in the same company with Cody for a little bit. So that's, that's probably right. how it started, because I don't know how Cody got to, <clears throat> excuse me, got to be friends with the Bucks, but yeah, ever since, you know, F the Revival... <sighs> it's going to be a reality, I know. It's one of those things just sinking in. It's like, oh, man, Christmas is coming early, and it's giving us FTR versus Young Bucks. I can't wait. I I don't want it to happen at Fighter Fest. I want them to build this up to at least a further show. Maybe it could be a year-end show. Who knows at this point? But all we know is that, like we said, Revolt is in! All Elite. And everybody's and it's just a happy day. But we're also going to be doing a wonderful review about AEW Double or Nothing, which will also tie into AEW Dynamite very well. Oh my gosh, this show was just amazing. And we'll also be talking about a little bit of the cyberbullying that took place this past week. And also it'll probably go into a bigger rant about cyberbullying in general. So... Be prepared for that, and for those of you that uh, don't want to hear us, hey, you know the door. Don't let it hit you on the ass on the way out. Alright, so we kick off the buy-in show with 
private party versus best friends. The winner becomes the number one contender for the tag team championships held by Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. I like this matchup. I just watched it before we started recording. I love the chemistry between Private Party as well as Best Friends. They definitely work off each other very well, and to be honest, I can never get enough of Private Party and their like high-pitched screams anytime we hear them just getting thrown. It's just amazing. But uh, Strong Zero gives Best Friends the victory. They are the number one contenders. Honestly, it was a really good matchup. I liked it. It's another great showcasing of the tag team division in AEW. Yeah, honestly, I could see why that was a buy-in matchup. It was really good, and I'm very happy to see the best friends are getting a tag team title shot. I'm hoping they're the next champs. I'm hoping they're the next champs, but we will see, because there's a chance they might not be. I, I actually didn't see this match, Nate. I, really? I got in I got in from work on Saturday just as the... Uh, the ladder match was going on as it's actually going on in front of me on mute right now. So, yeah, I, and I haven't gone back to watch it yet either. But if it's private party and best friends, it's going to be good anyways. So, so, so let's, all props to them. Yep. So let's just dive into the first matchup. It is the casino ladder match in which we had, I got to get the name list here. Here we go. Um, Darby Allen, Cole Cabana. Orange Cassidy, Joey Janela, who was t- who's taking the place of Ray Phoenix, who suffered a back injury because four people could not catch him. What the fuck? Um, Scorpio Sky, Kip Sabian, Frankie Kazarian, Luchasaurus, and the debuting Brian Cage. Okay, so first off, can I just say that the MVP of this matchup here? was Orange Cassidy. I'm sorry, just him trying to figure out how to win the match, and him even asking commentary team, just being like, how, how do I win? It's like, you, you gotta climb the ladder. <sighs> he puts a ladder right down. Doesn't even open it, he just puts it right down on there. He gets on top of it, just tries to just get it. It's like, what the... <laughs> it's so stupid, but it's funny. And even Cole Cabana's just like, okay, no, I can help you out. Psych, I'm gonna throw you out. <laughs> just... Oh, just just more of that, please. Uh, we were talking about, uh, and you were mentioning before the while you were wa- watching this matchup, uh, Darby Allen with one of the nastiest things that you could ever really see, and that's him going from the top of the ladder, trying to skateboard onto another ladder where Frankie Kazarian was on. Thankfully, Frankie Kazarian decided, I, I don't feel like dying today, so he leaves, just breaks the ladder in half, Darby Allen does and almost breaks his legs from that. Where I'm honestly surprised that he did not at least, you know, rupture something in his legs. That was absolutely vicious. Uh, I, I was saying to you that, and I'm going to say the same thing uh, now as I tweet it out, uh, I think that Darby Allen is a little too excited about uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 Remastered. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I am. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, that's going all the way back to, like, grade 10 for me, but, yeah, how are you not, like, at least injured, and I, I just saw him do the code red off the top rope to Luchasaurus, which, oh my gosh, and insane. as we hit number zero, oh, here's Brian Cage now, Yeah, and, and, and in front of me. And he's managed by Taz, of all people, but in all honesty, it's like a match made in heaven, to be fair. <laughs> 
because Brian Cage just came in. He's just wrecking everybody's shit. It looks like he's about to win the matchup. Everybody's just deciding, you know what? We need to double-team this guy. She just beat him down, beat him down. Orange Cassidy just gets on top of him. It's like an Orange Cassidy backpack on Brian Cage. My God. <laughs> it's... I didn't... Oh, I'm sorry to cut. I didn't notice... Uh, until just now in front of me, I didn't notice that he ripped a lighter in half on his entrance. Oh, that's right, he did. I remember that now. Oh my gosh, they try, they're trying to make him look like a beast, and honestly, that was one way of doing it. Uh, another way is to do the classic, bury him under a lot of crap, and then he'll probably come up from the depths of hell just to, to you know, wreck everybody else's shit, which he did. Um... Uh, Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc, they are a, a team for whatever reason. Honestly, it's an interesting team. I'm looking forward to it. Um, they have like a couple of moments there. Jimmy Havoc got a really na- nasty boat. I think he got German suplexed onto one of the ladders, which I was just like, oof, no thank you, no thank you. Um, Brian Cage wrecks Darby Allen shit again. And there was a point where I'm just like, okay, dude, that was maybe a little too much. I, I get it, you're trying to look like a monster, but was killing Darby Allen really necessary? Uh, in the end, Brian Cage would ascend the ladder, retrieve the lucky chip, which would guarantee him a AEW world title match in the future, and we found out it's going to happen at Fighter Fest, the next show that they have against the world champion. We will talk about that when we get to it. Honestly, I gave this matchup two, thumb, two thumbs up. I really enjoyed it. It was really good. Uh... The only complaint I have about this was that the uh, deal where they decided to have like everybody come in after a certain period of time, that was just dragging a little bit. If it was like Aztec Warfare, that's different because it's like elimination style. When you're doing that with a ladder match, it's a lot tougher to do. The Casino Battle Royale, I think that's a brilliant way to, t- to handle that, to have you know five people coming out after three minutes, five minutes, whatever it was. Uh... That was really good. Um, but this whole deal with the ladder match, I get it. They're trying different things. They're trying to make it a little more different than what we would see with WWE. This is one where I just... I'm not really a favorite, a fan of the, uh, you know, time to deal with the ladder match deal. It just seems like we already know that everybody's going to come in, so why, why bother having that? That's my only complaint about it. Other than that, I loved it. Good matchup. Good opener. I actually liked the, uh, the the time limit thing. It it, it gave the ladder match kind of a, a different feel, and I, I do get that it did drag. Like I, I I'll kind of agree with you there, but I it's a different concept. I mean, you're you're putting in a battle royal and a ladder match, and it's I mean, it's different. And uh, I I thought it was kind of cool. Also, okay, who's next? I mean, your first your first two. Um, <clears throat> Uh, entrance were two members of SCU. Like, okay, this is interesting. That's this is like um, I think it was one of the Royal Rumbles that had it might have had it didn't have both. It had both of the Hardys, but they weren't like immediately after each other. And I'm trying to think of another. No, it was Demolition in like '89. They did the same thing. Like number one, Axe. Number two, Smash. Okay, this is for the this is a shot for the title. Let's go. Uh, th- this was really cool. The high spots were great. Uh, oh my goodness, I love Darby Allen, but you 
idiot. <laughs> just, just that bump. Uh, I want to talk about uh, Jimmy Havoc's Blood Blazer. That thing was so cool looking. <laughs> it was right out of uh, the video game Hitman, I think. And I'm just going to see. Uh, I-, I found it kind of interesting here that Havoc, Joey, and Darby, who are all in the Cracker Barrel Clash, I think you were in the crowd for that, were you not? Yes, we were. Yeah, yeah there, there you go. Uh, we have uh, uh, Orange Cassie just being a slob, just being so damn lazy. Colt's corner bump was whack. Trying to think if I have anything written down. Yeah, Brian Cage. Not expecting him in the slightest. Like, if I was going by Cultaholic, I would have thought Drew Gulak, but he actually resigned with the company. He's going to be on SmackDown tomorrow night. Uh, I would have thought, uh, who, who the heck else is, is a free agent right now? I. It's been a blur since the damn releases, so I would have thought Matt Cardona, but no. Unless it's going to be a tag team deal with uh, with with Myers and the F five thousand, my goodness, just <laughs> that move. Yeah, Brian Cage has definitely been one of those guys who can look like an absolute machine everywhere he goes. Whether it was Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, and now he's going to be making huge waves in uh, All Elite Wrestling. This is going to be just absolutely amazing. The sky's the limit for him, and he proved that by killing whoever that man was on Wednesday night, just wrecking him. He even gave him a massive German suplex, drill claw, one, two, three. And Taz even gave him the tagline of, you know, uh, oh, shoot, well, I'm trying to remember what his ta- tag was like. Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, it, it ends with uh, survive if he lets you. I'm trying to remember what the oh. other... Beat, beat him if you can, survive if he lets you. Thank That's you. kind of uh, a long the lines of what Taz's catchphrase was in ECW. Yeah, so I thought that was really cool. Uh, But let's go on to the second matchup, because this was a matchup that we already knew was probably going to be good. Afterwards, oh my god, this was even better. Sometimes it's hard to do a pay-per-view match, and when you're in that second spot, you have that deal where, you know, you just had the first match. Everybody's just like, oh, we're exhausted. The first match was so good, and blah, blah, blah. This one lived up to the expectation. We're talking MJF versus Jungle Boy. Oh my god. <laughs> These guys had a knockdown dragabout fight between the two of them. Really good, masterful uh, technician story between both of these guys. Jungle Boy, again, he's going to be a champion. He is going to be a champion. And this was another match that proved that he is the future of this company. Literally giving MJF every single thing that he could possibly deliver uh MGF did some spots where he was working on the arm, and there was a point where Jungle Boy's working on the back that affected both of them. It was just absolutely great. Some great dives by Jungle Boy to the outside. I think he did like the Seth Rollins deal, except for the third one, instead of a third suicide dive, he leaps over and does a plancha. That was just, oh, that's just awesome. Just, mm, mwah, Jungle Boy. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, the ending was, was interesting. It was very unexpected, but at the same time, I'm not complaining about it. So, MJF goes for, like, a roll-up, and then Jungle Boy goes for a roll-up. Then MJF has, like, this unique kind of pinning style where he's pulling on the arms, holding the legs down, and it literally just looks like Jungle Boy is just absolutely trapped in, like, a web of his own body. It was masterfully done. MJF picks up the victory. 
honestly pretty clean. I was I, I'm not expecting that. I was not expecting him to actually have like a pretty clean victory. I thought there was going to be at least a little bit of shenanigans, maybe using tights or something like that. No, he he was the better man this one. Uh, I loved this matchup. I thought it was really good. And MJF, his stock just rose a bit more. But also, so did Jungle Boys. He did not. He had nothing to be disappointed in this matchup. This was a fantastic, not only wrestling match, but for two guys that are so young in the business, their their psychology was was that of of a veteran. And they're both, like, they're both like 24, 25 apiece. And they already have this good in-ring psychology. It was, it was outrageous. You know, I was expecting this to be a good match. I didn't know how good, like, Jungle Boy actually was. Maybe because I haven't paid that much attention to him. And if I can be frank, not much attention to AEW lately. But that, there is that... Sp- the spots, you know, there's that arm whip into the corner by MJF oh my and God. Yeah. trying to lock in the salt of the earth. And then I don't I don't know what his other finisher is. I know he was doing excuse me, the crossroads for a bit, at least when he was feuding with, with Cody. But he was going for some kind of like underhook move, so I don't know if he was going for a pedigree, a tiger bomb or a Angel's That's wings, right. but it, it he kept going for it and then MJF just being a fantastic jerk. Jungle Boy being like the the pluck. No, I want to say the plucky underdog, but kind of like the white meat baby face. And it that these styles clashed, and straight up MJF out wrestled him. He's better than you, and you know it. And ah. Uh, it's so good to see him climbing up the ranks. I can't wait for MJF to get a title. And you know what? If anyone will take the title off of him, I'd be okay with it being Jungle Boy. So bring it on. Bring on more of this feud. Phenomenal. Definitely. I gave this one two gorilla thumbs up. This was definitely already early on absolutely wonderful. It was a masterpiece. If you have not seen this matchup, if you pick like one matchup here, this is definitely one that you would want to have on your best list of of the of the night. Alright, so oh boy, we're already into this deal. This is gonna be fun. So we have the tournament finals for the inaugural AEW TNT Championship. Cody with Arn Anderson taking on Lance Archer with Jake Roberts. So uh, oh and also Mike Tyson was there to present the TNA, the TNT, I almost said TNA championship, the TNT championship to the winner, and all these like pan backs to Mike Tyson, him kind of just looking like tough, but then there's some points where he's, act, he's, he's looking like a fan where he's like, yeah, yeah, do it, do it, do it. It's just really awesome just seeing that. Uh, there comes a point where uh, Jake and Arn are just thrown out. Uh, the chemistry between Cody and Archer is pretty good. I will say that Cody definitely just sold for Archer like an MFer. A uh, couple spots where we saw Cody try to go for, for for his classic Cody cutter, but Archer just does like a pounce, just just hitting him with that massive shoulder block, knocking him out of the sky. Holy crap! Also, another point where Lance Archer just picks him up and throws him over the ring post onto the ground. I saw that I was thinking, oh god, oh god, Cody is gonna have uh, 
He's going to have rib problems. That is not. That's not good. Ah, uh, jeez. Uh, but I mean, early on, Archer hit his finisher, and Cody rolled out of the ring. That was one of those things. Like, okay, this is actually really smart. Somebody hit your finisher right away. Best thing to do is just take your time. You know, just like like your wounds. Just just take it easy. Take it easy. Uh, Cody hits a crossroads and only gets a one count. Actually, only gets a two count. I'm sorry. Um, in a perfect world, I think people would love to have seen Lance Archer kick out at one. Uh, Jake, he's coming back. He's, I know you. Uh, <laughs> he, he's coming back. He's got a snake. But Mike Tyson, he just comes out, and he's just like, come on. You want to you go? You want to go? Just rips his shirt off. And mind you, Mike Tyson is not like what he was back in 1998. But even for his age, my God, he is ripped. Just seeing him have his shirt ripped off, and then Jake's just like, I'm, I'm going to go back now. It's one of those things where it's like, wow, two snakes are scared of a tiger. I totally get it. <laughs> um, Cody hits two crossroads to, to Lance Archer. I almost keep calling him Vance Archer. Damn you, WWE. Um, for the victory, Cody is the first ever AEW TNT champion, and... You know what, before I get into my opinions, I think Mr. Fretz, by all means, take the floor, my friend. I'm not going to get too, too into it here, because I actually forgot what I, what I would have said, but I don't like Cody Rhodes that much. I th- here, here's a few reasons. I, I got a few. Okay. WWE run, hella talented, like Rhodes Dynasty, what, third, second, third generation? Respect that, love it. Love his run. Should have had a title. Should have been a better run in the WWE. I respect the fact that he uses his lack of run in the Fed as fuel to the fire. But I think he relies a little too heavily on that. Like, okay, that shovel thrown spot at, uh, what was it, Double or Nothing? Or yep, it was the first the Double paper. or Nothing. I remember it was the first Double or Nothing. That was cool. Okay, and then you then you kept leaning into it. You keep you keep mentioning it. Like, get over it. My goodness. Uh, and it's also because I think the, his last few pay per view opponents have been people that I like more than Cody, MJF, Chris Jericho, Lance Archer. I respect him, but I'm just like. After he lost to MJF, the whole thrown in the towel thing, like I love, like Jake the, Jake Roberts said this perfectly, and it's just like Cody came came off as kind of a bitch. He's like, I can't stand the sight of you whining and crying. You know, I'm not after the whole pie, just your share. Just those promos by Jake lately, ah, c'est magnifique. Uh, as soon as I saw Cody roll out of the ring after the blackout, I knew he was going to win. But I mean. It's the TNT title. You own the company. You're the face of the franchise, so why not have the face of the franchise as the first champion? What I like about it is that this week on Dynamite, he's like, yeah, I'm going I'm to defend the title every week. Hence, TNT title. Kind of the TV title. I like where this is going to go. But I, I, I actually... I, that was probably the, the gist of my rant. 
it, it, it probably wasn't going to be as graphic as <laughs> as you thought when you and I were talking about it. I was just I was just pissed Archer lost. I thought he should have been the guy. In my mind, he should have went over, but whatever. I mean, I mean, Cody's action figure comes with the sledgehammer for God's sake. That's <laughs> you're leaning a little bit too much into it. But as I said, highly like his match is about to start in front of me right now. So <laughs> why not? He's part of the elite. I'll, I'll give him that. I'll give him that credit. But I, I, as soon as he won the title, I'm like, oh, I can't wait for him to lose it. That was a little harsh. I'm sorry, <laughs> man. So I might have been a few beers deep at that point. Well, I mean, I think you probably were, especially when you were saying like he was the the Triple H of AEW. To which I thought to myself, um, okay, let's look at the track record, especially for um, like his pay per view deals. His only world title win, arguably, was at the first ever All In, where he defeated Nick Aldis. Now, obviously, that title run didn't really last that long, but that's his only world title. In all honesty, if that is his only World Heavyweight title run, I'm okay with that, because it's one of those things where it's like, hey, it pays respect to the lineage of all those who have won that title. It's the same title that his father won. Totally fine with that. That would be one of those things where it's like, that would be an extra layer to add for him not challenging for the AEW world title, because he... You know, obviously believes in the future. Now, there's people that are going to say, like, well, he still buries people. He doesn't bury anybody. He's making a lot of people look like a million bucks. Are you kidding me? He's not winning every single pay-per-view. You already mentioned, you know, Jericho and MJF. He lost to both those guys. He could have easily been the AEW champion by now. He could have just snapped his finger and be like, I want to be champ. And Tony would have been like, well, let's talk about this first. But he didn't. He made Jericho look like a credible threat, although Jericho can make himself look like that, no problem. It's just one of those things where Cody just added another layer to it. Um, I always love his promos whenever he you know shows his passion for the business. That's something I really love seeing. Granted, I will give you the point that maybe that he does harp a little bit too much on you know I never got the opportunity to do that. I never got the opportunity to do this. Maybe tone that back just a little bit. But at the same time, he kind of does have every right to you know take shots at WWE just like <laughs> just like Jericho did. <laughs> On AEW, where he basically picked a day. I think it was like uh, like January twenty third. No, it was like January January seventh, uh, two thousand and ten, on a Monday night. <laughs> Just oh yeah, that's that, that 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 made me giggle a bit. I was like, wow, he got the exact same deal. But you know, there's always gonna be people that are gonna be like, oh, this person, you know, he you know he. He didn't believe in me, and look at me now, blah, blah, blah. That's going to happen everywhere. There's so many people, I will say this, that there's people are going to keep saying, oh, man, well, the elites are winning all the championships now. It's like, okay, first of all, majority of the champions have been anybody but the elite. First AEW champion was Chris Jericho. It could have been Hangman Page, would have been okay, would have been fine with it, but I'm glad it went to Jericho, because that was just beautiful. Uh, first tag team champions, SCU. They certainly deserved it. They certainly earned it. It wasn't until, you know, they lost the titles to Hangman and Kenny Omega, which, to be honest, I'll get you, I'll tell you guys, I don't think they're going to be the champs for that much longer, so hold your horses, which is going to talk about... Literally. <laughs> right? That's, go, that's going to go... That's spoilers, right, into the main event. Um, so Cody's, like, the first, you know, member of the elite that's won a singles championship or has been the first champion. And, to be honest, he's... He's a workhorse. Why doesn't he deserve it? Why doesn't he get that chance to 
you know, sh shine a little bit. And this is kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, you've worked hard, you've earned this, give it a shot. And he's probably going to make it shine just as much as John Cena made the U.S. title shine. I'm making that comparison. I think it's a fair comparison. And there's so many people That's like... That there's probably so many people would be like, but John Cena buried so much, so many talent. He also made a lot of stars. Okay, he brought he didn't in Kevin. Bury anybody during that run? Well, I think there's somebody that can make that argument just because of the fact that he always, you know, kept winning. But at the same time, he put on good quality matches. It wasn't like one-sided matches. He made Cesaro look like a freaking machine. He made Rusev look like a monster. Sammy. Well, I, Sami Zayn, oh gosh, Sami Zayn did that with one arm. Are you kidding me? He's the he's one of the greatest wrestlers that I, that's alive today. I'm put, he I'm just pumped and blew out his own shoulder, being excited in his own town. <laughs> he was he he decided I'm gonna pull a Zack Ryder. Shit. <laughs> uh, but oh, oh, get, getting back to Co Cody versus Archer. Like I said, I loved the matchup. I thought it was great to see Cody win that title. Uh, it took two crossroads, actually three, to take down Lance Archer. So Archer, he's still a massive beast. He's still a monster. He's not going anywhere. I see him definitely winning a championship. He's probably going to get pushed to the moon, and I'm okay with that, especially when you got Jake Roberts as your manager. It's going to be awesome. I give this two thumbs up. Um, maybe it was just like the pacing that was off on it, but it wasn't one of those matches where I'm going to say, you know, oh, it was a great match ever. It's like, no, it was still good. It was still good. It's just... Something on it seemed maybe a little off. And I think maybe the ending was another thing that kind of made it weird because of that whole deal where, you know, Mike Tyson got involved and Roberts got involved. It's like, what, what, what's up with this? And that's what caused the distraction, two crossroads, one, two, three. So that's really just for that. Just that. And these are like small things, which I'm not going to be like, you know, oh, you should have done this. You no, these are small, tiny things. It's fine. Uh... Next matchup we have is uh, Penelope Ford, who replaced Britt Baker, taking on Chris Statlander. Uh, honestly, guys, what can I say other than Chris Statlander crushed Penelope Ford, and I am sad. Sadly, I gave this one a thumbs down. This was the first. This was one matchup that I just it went by too short, and honestly, especially now with uh, one of the stars being with Britt Baker being out, they need to start building up another heel because they can't just be just Nyla and just um, Britt Baker. They have to d develop another heel. And I think Penelope Ford is that person. Obviously, this is not the best way to start it, but at the same time, it's not the worst. Also, Kip Sabian having that like <laughs> weird like sling <laughs> during that matchup and JR basically calling out Kip Sabian just being like, oh man, you know, Penelope probably could have won had he not had his girlfriend out there to help him out. <laughs> it's like, JR, I get it. You're, try, you're, you're trying to make him be, seem the bad guy, but come on, man. Penelope Ford and Kip Sabian are like the best couple in all of wrestling right now. Let them have a moment. <laughs> Let them at least. <laughs> also, Britt Baker's promo on Wednesday, absolutely wonderful. It's just absolutely great. Have you seen it? I I think I only caught like uh, like recap packages of, of Dynamite. I, I caught, I mean, obviously I watched the... Uh, was it the Young Bucks versus... Um, no, it was Matt Hardy and somebody against somebody, but I watched the Revival debut. Okay. And then the Elite... Pro, uh, not the Elite, the Inner Circle promo at the end, which was oh hilarious. Oh, and probably a match or two. I, I can't remember. I just... I, I sped-watched NXT and AEW last night. Okay. So basically, Britt Baker is... 
talking about uh, how how she's a role model, and she basically makes it seem like there's a conspiracy theory to hold her down, and she's bringing up a lot of the people like uh, Chris Statlander, Hikaru Shida, Nyla Rose, and it's so funny because she has this assistant named Reba that's just pushing her in her wheelchair. McIntyre? <laughs> I, I thought the same thing when I when I heard that name. I thought Reba McIntyre. It's like, oh my god, that's awesome. There's even one point where um where, <laughs> where Reba, she flips the, the paper over and there's literally nothing there. Britt Baker just has this look of like, what are you doing? Reba's like, oh shit, she just puts it back to where Nyla Rose was. Tony Schiavone is there like this clueless, this clueless kid in the funniest way possible. And then Reba brings out this chart where there's like all these connections and like all these people. And she she basically boils down to like there's a conspiracy theory. And the reason why I'm getting injured so much and why I'm not getting opportunities is because of referee Aubrey. To which I'm like, wait. To which I'm like, I'm just, man, she's just getting the short end of the stick every single time. Aubrey, we love you. You're an amazing referee. Uh, And trust me, we're going to talk about one of your finest moments of your career when we talk about Stadium Stampede. It's great. Um, But yeah, basically, uh, she, she, she basically says that she will be back at All Out, which will be happening in September, so... The fact that you know she's only going to be like a few months out—that's fine. That's great. I honestly thought it was. I thought from reports told me she had like a torn ACL and stuff like that. But one of the doctors said like, "Yo, the in, it, she did get injured, but it's not as bad as we initially thought it was going to be." So it's one of those things like, "Okay, that's cool." So <laughs> Britt turns around and on the back of her wheelchair it says "role model" spelled R O L L. Oh yes, and it's so funny because 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 Mama Wolf Kayla she said, "Oh my God, I could I, I will take these puns for days," <laughs> which I'm like, "Yes, I love it. It's great." Uh, shout out shout out shout out to Wolf Mama and Wolf Baby. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> She's crawling now. You're in trouble, oh, Kayla. My gosh. <laughs> She, ah, oh, jeez, my my nephews are getting there. My nephews are certainly getting there, and that's not going to be a fun time for my for my brother and sister in law. But well, but baby steps, baby steps. Okay, that's too soon, even. <laughs> oh, dude, you're skipping you're skipping a step. Damn, I'm I'm there again. I was telling puns all day at work, driving all the kids nuts. It was funny. <laughs> uh, oh gosh, now we're going into something that's more of the comedic style, which is. Sean Spears versus Dustin Rhodes. Sean Spears was hoping to get like a count out victory, and then Dustin Rhodes came out. They had the matchup. Hey, funny moment because Sean Spears has Tully Blanchard on his underwear. Dustin Rhodes wins. Yay. This was one of those matches I was very disappointed at. I was thinking, like, hey, we have a chance to make Sean Spears look like a star. He's a joke. Why? Why would you do? Why would you? This guy has so much talent. He has so much potential. He could be a great rivalry for Cody with the TNT title, but not if he has losses like this. I'm sorry. Just this may be sad. Another thumbs down. I did not like this matchup, and I did not even realize that this matchup went on for three minutes and twenty seconds. That's that is sad. Uh, yeah. Uh... 
the, the match before the, I think I kind of tuned out of um, Statlander 4, but from everything I've heard about that match, it's kind of like, woof. But yeah. uh, St- Statlander's fantastic. I mean, she's, uh, I was listening to uh, Hawkins and Ryder on, um, on Talk is Jericho like, just before I got here when I was finishing off at work. And yeah, Statlander's uh, trained by well, Brian Myers, I guess we can call him now. Oh, nice. uh, yeah, he's coming from a Creator Pro. So, And even back then, he was like, uh, you sure about this alien gimmick? Yeah, I love it. And I, I got to give props to the crowd, in parentheses, uh, <laughs> turning double or nothing. Freaking <laughs> Big Swall. You got balls, lady. <laughs> I love Big Swall so much. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I mean, so, this personified in the next matchup here. Uh, it's the no disqualification, no count-out matchup for the AW Women's World Ch- Title. I love saying that. Uh, Nyla Rose defending against Hikaru Shida. Holy shit, was wow. this was this matchup absolutely awesome. Just everything that they did. Hikaru Shida, she definitely came to play. She was ready to go. Uh, it seemed like she was going to have a little bit of advantage when she got her kendo stick back, but then Nyla just no-sold that and just decided, you know what, I'm just going to break her. Boom, boom, just starts... Going up, and like you said, the crowd reaction for this one was just um, was just fantastic, especially Big Swall, where she's like, "Okay, let's go, let's go." It's like Big Swall, holy crap, man! I, I want I want to see this rivalry now between Nyla Rose and Big Swall, just <laughs> just so just so Big Swall can just be like, "Oh yeah, let's go, let's go," like she, she'll hit like Nyla, Nyla Rose will hit like a beast bomb, one, two, kick out. Big Swall is just like, "Come on." Come on, second one. One, two, kick out. And then Big Swall just, again, she's just pulling herself with the ropes. It's like, just come on. It's kind of like the booking that Adam Vlapier had for Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins, where it's just like, come on, come on. And even if they wanted to have Big Big Swall just flip off Nyla Rose, I think that would just show that she has just got a lot of intensity in her to be like, I'm not going down. You have to kill me to basically win this. And Nyla would just be pissed off and be like, oh, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> this is literally what she tried to do with Hikaru Shida in this matchup. Uh, so many crazy spots. That, oh, God, that spot where she, uh, where Hikaru Shida just ran to Nyla Rose, knees her, and Nyla Rose just went right into one of the uh, the, the chips. Jeez Louise, that was just, that was just, that was just awesome. Uh, now was this? Oh man, I I do have to c- call another spot from uh from the crowd. We had Vicky Guerrero in the audience, but and this is actually oh, during the yeah. this is during the Chris Statler and Penelope Ford match. I think Penelope went for a cover, and she's just yelling, "Come on, Ram, count right, count right." It's just excuse me. Oh my gosh, it was great. Oh, Vicky Guerrero, you're a blessing to us, and just never stop being you. Uh, it just kept on getting more and more intense. Nyla Rose got knees to the face, one, two, no. And then Hikaru Shida just decides, okay, we'll do this the hard way. Grabs her kendo stick and socks Nyla Rose to the side of the head with that. It literally looked like Nyla Rose got knocked out. That was such a good spot. Nyla Rose, you definitely earned a lot of respect for me for taking that spot. 
I just hope that you're not concussed from that. Holy cow. But then <laughs> Hikaru Shida sets up Nyla Rose, bounces off the ropes, boom, knee to the face. One, two, three. Hikaru Shida wins the AW Women's World Championship. And I'm a happy, happy boy. I said it on the prediction show with uh, Ricky and Kate Murphy that <laughs> that she would make all my dreams come true by winning this, and she did. She looks absolutely fabulous with that championship. It was great. Two gorilla thumbs up. This was a matchup that reminded me so much of the awesome Kong and Gail Kim rivalry that they had, where it's just you know brutality meeting just determination. It was just absolutely great. And Hikaru Shida, she definitely deserved it. She's earned this title. She's earned that opportunity. Now she's the champion, and it's just absolutely great to see that. Oh, my heart is just still fluttering with love from that. It was great. That was awesome. Uh, damn, damn good match. They, they, they have two great. They have some great chemistry there, Shida and um, and Nyla just. I loved the kendo stick spots. They were outrageous. And uh, that corner table spot was absolutely vicious. I thought that was it. I was not expecting Shida to come out of it with the, with the belt here. But, you know, I, I thought Nyla was going to have a bit more of a, of a dominant monster run with the title. But I'm completely fine with this. We can see some, we can see some new feuds over the title. Like the AW... A lot of people think the women's division there is kind of meh. There's talent there. I'm not so sure on the charisma and gimmick front. But a little bit more seasoning, maybe with a, another major name or two or five, you can definitely develop a great division there and some great feuds for for Sheeta. That, that was phenomenal. That was just a vicious match. As I just saw Jungle Boy hit a reverse Rana on the apron. Gosh. Oh, my gosh. And MJF is still alive to talk about it. He took a poison yeah, Rana. He's, he's still alive to sit, to talk about how better he is. He had this, like, friggin' guitar playing thing on Twitter. He's like, yeah, I'm better than you. Like, fuck you, but you're the man. Oh, man. The douchebag that's still paying $600 for a cameo. Oh, don't him. get me started. I want him so bad on Cameo, but I'm like, six, like, okay, Roman Reigns costs, like, four or five hundred bucks. Ric Flair costs six, costs five hundred bucks. It cost me two hundred bucks to get a photo taken with him. And I mean, <laughs> that's, yeah. And MJF <laughs> thinks that he's worth six hundred bucks. Sure, whatever you say, pal. Patreon money, hey. Ricky, if you're Ricky, you hearing this? Pull the Patreon money for an MJF cameo. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a waste of six hundred bucks! <laughs> oh my gosh! Honestly, if that if that legit happens, I will be dumbfounded. It'll be one of those situations where it's like, Ricky, you've you've seriously lost your mind. Just the Royal Bank of Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I mean, man. I'm looking to get Kurt Angle next month for the 20 Bell Salute. I just started watching King of the Ring 2000. He's 150, so I'm I'm debating it. That's not, uh, too, bad. That's not too bad. I mean, it's yeah. $50 cheaper than a Ric Flair picture, but Ric Flair's a legend, so give him that. Yeah, uh, 
Spe- speaking of legends, we could see two legends in the makings in this matchup. For the AEW World Championship, Mr. Brody Lee versus John Moxley. So, you guys remember that street fight that Moxley and Lee had at Extreme Rules where they just literally just beat the ever-living piss out of each other, ran off in like a random vehicle, and then just came back sh- shockingly, to which... It was still a really good matchup. It was one of the longest matches on that card, but still good. Yeah, this tops it because Brody Lee and Moxley have an unparalleled chemistry with each other. Whether Brody Lee is just doing his classic, you know, you know, boots and slams, compared to Moxley's just no set, no risk, no high risk reward mentality. It was just absolutely phenomenal seeing these guys. Y'all wrestling in the ring, they were wrestling outside the ring, and also admonishing the count. Then we get the finish, which, oh dear lord, help us. This was awesome. So Moxley decides to hit the paradigm shift from the top of the stage to where the runway would be where the wrestlers would enter the ring. They both go through that. To which everybody's just like, what the, what? Moxley slowly gets up from it. He gets in the ring. Referee's still counting. Slowly behind him is Brody Lee. He's busted open. He is just thinking, oh no, we're not done yet. He gets in. Paradigm shift. One, two. He kicks out. Moxley goes for another one. One, two. Nope. Not happening. It's literally like, oh my god, they're making Brody Lee a big time start. This is interesting. So Moxie just decides, okay, so I can't pin this son bitch. I'm just gonna kill him. He grabs his arm right around Brody Lee's body, and he's just locking him in this like coquina clutch, this rear naked choke deal. He's just wrapping his body around him, holding it. Brody Lee's arm is up. It's up. It's up. It slowly starts dwindling, and it goes down. Referee calls for the bell. By a technical submission, Moxley retains. Oh my lord. I love the matches with these two. I This was great. Two thumbs up. I loved it. I thought it was really good. Moxley looked amazing. Brody Lee. But he lost. He also looked like a freaking animal in this match. I don't care what anybody says. It was awesome. Yeah, Brody looked really strong in this match. And I, I, and it's, I love Brody. It, it's a, this is another case of, of leaning a little heavy in the in, in the McMahonisms, but in Brody's case they're effing hilarious. Like that bit where like someone sneezed at his table. It's like no one eats until I eat. Top notch. And I I I just hate that evil Uno and um, other guy Stu are, are stuck up. Stu Grayson are stuck up here. I mean. Big props to Trudeau for keeping the border closed because stay home, you idiots. Uh, but now I, th- I think essential like wrestling is going to be essential, like, like essential in parentheses soon. So maybe they're allowed back. Like Bobby Roode can go back. And anyways, uh, they're, they're doing well without the rest of the of the Dark Order here. Uh, Man, this match was good. I, I haven't seen that match. What pay-per-view was that match that you just spoke of? Because I'm going to watch it. It was the it was an Extreme Rules uh, pay-per-view. As far as the year goes, I'm going to take a guess and say 
2015. I want to say. I'm gonna okay. guess. I'm gonna guess 2015. If if I'm right, okay. hey. If if I'm wrong, then damn it. Uh, but before you even go, oh. before no, don't even go into that because we have to talk about the main event. I was just gonna say a couple of things about this match. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so the, the the one great thing I got out of this, which was just a little bit of an Easter egg, if you're a if you're a New Japan fan, uh, Zach, I'm looking at you. Uh, that uh, Moxley hit a gotch pile driver in this match, and that's straight out of Manuro Suzuki's playbook. A man that Moxley wrestled, I believe, at Wrestle Kingdom, and oh my gosh, that match, how did they both not die? And how did they both not die after that super DDT through the through the stage? Man, that Brody looks strong in this match, and I'm, I'm looking at him, and I'm like, th- this guy is the, like, the lost son of Bruiser Brody. And if you watch like that dark side of the ring about that, uh, my gosh, that horrible cover up, let's not get into that. But yeah, he choked him out. If you can't put him down, you might as well choke him out. This, this was pretty fun. I want to see more of this. I want to see Grease and the Nuno creep their way back into this. Cause like number 10 and, these other blokes for the Dark Order aren't cutting <laughs> I know it's the point. No, they're the friggin' putties from Power Rangers. <laughs> That's what right. they are. <laughs> <laughs> and you punch them in the chest and they explode. Oh my god. Yes. You punch your head in the chest and boom. Yeah, more Power Rangers talk. Yes. We're going there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's, that's awesome. I love it. All right. So, are we ready to talk about Stadium Stampede? Oh. Well, I the fridge is over there. I'm getting another beer at break. There's my water. Let's go. Okay. So, we have The Elite, which is Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, Adam Page, and Matt Hardy taking on the Inner Circles, Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Sammy Guevara, and our, and our boys, LAX, Santana Ortiz, because we refuse to call him anything else than that. So, let's talk about the entrances, shall we? Literally, they are in a, the Jack, Jacksonville Jaguar Stadium, in which each of the teams have like these football-like feels to them. They have the smoke coming out. Everybody coming out. We see Justin Roberts. He's doing it. He's back. He's doing the announces. He's saying like, "Yo, number ninety-two to Chris Jericho." Number 24, Santana. You know, these kind of deals. Obviously, these are not the numbers that are on here, but I thought that was a nice touch. That was great. Um, they do that, but the problem is, Adam Page doesn't show up right away. So instead, they're just thinking, okay, let's just get going. From each side of the football field, these guys just collide, and they just start beating each other up. They're fighting in the ring. It's just great. Yes, there's a wrestling ring in the middle of a football field. And it was awesome. So they're fighting all around. Very little uh, pin attempts are being made here, which is a good thing. Adam Page, (laughs) he comes in on a freaking horse because he's a badass and he deserves to come in on a horse every time he comes out. I'm just saying. So he comes out. He's basically chasing down Sammy Guevara, who eventually he loses him. And 
we just get like a lot of these deals where Adam Page is just basically called out for Guevara. He's called out for Guevara. And then he's just like telling the horse, wait here, I'll be back. And then we see it go to like, I think it was called like the East Wing Club. Which, for those of you that might not know what that is, that's basically the bar for the stadium. <laughs> so, we see more more battles between here, and I delete, I know I'm going to go out of order, and I do apologize if some people are going to be that anal about it. Um, we see uh, Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy taking on Santana and Ortiz. They're just beating each other down. They're up in, like, the tops of the... Uh, I want to say they're up. They're up in the stands, and the fact that there's like so much cra- so much stuff that's up there. That's amazing. This is an awesome stadium. I'm just gonna say that right now. They picked an amazing spot to do this. Um, they're ba- they're battling. Kenny Omega gets just thrown into a steel barricade. God, did that look just absolutely nasty? Then they decide to go after Matt Hardy. So they have this nice little pool area. They throw Matt in it. I believe it was uh, Santana. He goes it. He go. He goes in. Ortiz. He's not. He's not going in here. And why? Because we find out I can't swim. It's like what? <laughs> Ortiz can't swim. Are you kidding me? And me too, man. Even 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 the, even the announcers are like that, that's like three feet. Come on, man. So finally, Ortiz just he's just slowly getting into the pool, like talking like baby steps just to get into the water. They finally get in, and it looks like they're just going to just drown Matt Hardy. Matt comes up. It's Attitude Era, Matt. Wait, what? <laughs> and all I think of myself is, there's no way. Are they seriously going to? <gasps> they're seriously going to do this. They're seriously going to This is amazing. They, <laughs> they bring him down again, and next thing you know, they, they look over to the side. They look over to the side, like, what, what, what is that? Here comes Matt. He's got the red and black cute the squared jacket and he's talking about these mad facts it's just like what what <laughs> they, they just they, they do it again and there's this one camera shot that's so amazing as it seems like they're drowning him <laughs> Matt Hardy just looks at the camera underwater and he's doing the V1 deal <laughs> oh dear god oh no yep it calls for this Oh my gosh, that was just, it was just an amazing one. I think, I think that the couple of Matt facts that they had there was like, uh, Matt Hardy could hold his breath for like, three hundred, like three hundred seconds, something like that. And even like Santana and Ortiz, they're looking at the side like, what? What is that? Where'd that come from? <laughs> just, um, Matt Hardy, he comes back to being his, you know, Damascus broken deal. He beats down both of the LAX guys. He ends up taking Ortiz to the bell that's up there and just hates it hard. Ortiz, he's just hearing ringing and ringing and ringing. Gee, I wonder why. Then he just sits. <laughs> he sits him in a wheelchair, wraps him around with duct tape, and he's just basically acting like Dr. Matt. Oh, my gosh. And he literally... I, I sent it to, to the chair of wheels. Yes! <laughs> he, he says that... He's like, you, t- you, be- you get rest. Take two of these. He just punches him in the face. And he says, call me in the morning. So he goes to a Santana. And he throws him in an ice box. 
<laughs> because why not? He needs to chill. And then we oh, get, gosh. And then we get to what is probably my favorite part of this matchup is the bar scene where we see Adam Page. He's just sipping on a drink. Jake Hager, he he's calling out to him. He finds the, the deal that says, you know, the, where the bar is. He goes there. And basically it just starts off with just Adam Page and <laughs> and Jake literally just look at each other. And then Jake's just like, you come to fight or you come to drink? Pours a shot for Jake. They both just take a sip. It's like, well, Singer's like, okay, time's up. And Adam Page just goes right after Jake Hager. Uh, we see some, we see like Jake Hager just just wrecking Adam Page. Adam Page tries to get like a cool, uh, pool stick and just smash Jake in the side. But then out comes Kenny Omega. He beats him down a little bit. We get not one, not two, not three, not four, but I believe it was five bottles of the bubbly straight to the head of Jake Hager. V trigger. He gets thrown over the bar deal. Adam Page. He just goes over. He pours himself a drink. He also grabs a half gallon of milk <laughs> to pour for Kenny Omega. Kenny and and uh, Paige, they both are just like, yeah, it's cool. They just hit. They just hit the deal. They both take a drink, and it's off they go. Milk flavored whiskey. <laughs> uh, milk flavored whiskey. That that was beautiful. So Chris Jericho, God bless this man. He just <sighs> this is great. So Chris Jericho, he's beaten down on. I want to say it was. I want to say it was Nick Jackson because while Nick Jackson and him are fighting, Matt Jackson just decides, "Hey, I'm going to take Sammy Guevara, and I'm going to do a Northern Lights deal from one side of the football field to another." And the way that they can't, the, the way that they made it, oh my god, did it look great? He was just doing Northern Light after Northern Light after Northern Light, half halfway fifty yard line, Northern Light, Northern Light, Northern Light, other side, Northern Light. Hey, touchdown! <laughs> Matt Jackson's—he's just happy. He's celebrating. Ref, ref throws a flag on him for for celebrating too much. It's like what, what? Super kicks the referee just because you know, because sports. Why not? So Chris Jericho—he's he's beating down Nick Jackson. I believe he does a. I think he does like a version of the Codebreaker. He hits the freaking mascot with a Judas effect. Which was, by God, funny. I was I was honestly hoping that somebody was going to pop out of that mascot suit and just beat the hell out of him, but Jericho covers Nick J- Nick Jackson one two kicks out, and Jericho just decides to grab a nice little red flag from his pockets because why not? And he says, "I'm challenging the play." And Aubrey's just like, "You're challenging the play." I'm challenging the play. I'm challenging this count. So Aubrey Edwards, she goes to a tent, and Jericho is right behind her. Just, just really, like, there's no way that was not three. There's no way it was not three. And I just hear Aubrey yelling, like, Chris, you cannot be here. I don't care. I want to see this. It just, Get a shitty referee. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Chris Jericho's a gift for everyone. Uh, but Jericho would eventually get taken out by the Young Bucks via uh, table splash. Sammy Guevara, he gets up. He's thinking, like, I'm the last one standing. I won! I won! Yeah! I did it! Then he turns around. Yep, you hear the horn. He turns around, and he's like, 
Oh, fuck. Daddy, <laughs> 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 see Matt Hardy and Kenny Omega. They have a cart. They're going to chase after him. And Sammy is just running for the hills. He's just getting out of there. And he leaps up into the stands. I will say this. This was one of my favorite lines from JR ever. He just says, Lambo leap in Florida. <laughs> to which I'm no, like... Oh, yeah. I, was like, I knew you'd like that. That was great. I loved it. I was like, yes. He mentioned the Packers. AEW has mentioned Packers on their show. I love it. But WWE did that with Clay Matthews. Yeah, but at the same time, they didn't mention Lambo leap. And if they did, it, if they did, it was probably in a stupid means. That's just me. Actually, I think that was one of the names for Ken Anderson's finisher, unofficially, originally. The yeah. Lambo something. I knew it became the Green Bay Plunge. Like his friggin' finisher that he hurt oh, himself on yeah, every time yeah, he did yeah, it. Yeah, uh, yeah that, that, that uh, Fireman's oh. carrying the role, yeah. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're talking about football because we're, we're nerds like that. Um, also, Ken Anderson's the best. Uh, so, Sammy Guevara, he's basically just trying to run away from everybody. He's making sure that he's not getting the deal. Then we get probably the scariest thing I ever thought I'd see from one of these matches. And I've seen the Firefly Funhouse. So, we see you know them just beating down on Sammy. We see Kenny Omega. He picks up Sammy Guevara. And we're thinking, oh no, he's not doing what we think he's doing. He does a one-winged angel from the top of one of the stage areas to this random spot uh, on the field. To which I'm just like, oh my god, Sammy is now dead. He is he is dead. Um, so, Aubrey, she's got a ladder. She's setting it up. She's climbing up. One, two... Three, the elite and Matt Hardy pick up the victory here on the big stage. Oh, sweet, sweet Lord, was this matchup just entertaining? It was fun. It was just absolutely wonderful to quote Matt Hardy. <laughs> so, <coughs> oh my gosh, I'm I'm getting so excited about this matchup. I'm I'm losing my breath. Uh. Yeah, two Thanos thumbs up. This was the best matchup on here. And I'll tell you this right now, guys. I watched a little bit of the Wrestling With Regret review on this, and Brian Zane gave this six six stars. Usually he gives like five to the best. He gave six stars on this one. So if he's given it that kind of praise, it's definitely worth watching at least once. It's, it's great. Uh, but I definitely do want to bring up that we have this matchup. We have the Money in the Bank match. Firefly Funhouse. The Graveyard match. We're going to talk about which one of our, these are our favorites. Kind of going in like a, an order. But before we get into that, Fretz, your thoughts on this match. Oh, wow. Um, just, uh, what did I write down here? So, for context... Uh, I had just been playing some Red Dead Redemption 2. I beat the main story. I am now in the post-game. I'm not going to spoil anything, but as soon as I saw Hangman Page, I got Red Dead Redemption 3. Like, this is the setting. Here we go. 
as I play a little bit of the soundtrack because I'm a giant nerd. And Red Dead <laughs> 2 is one of the best games I ever played. Will, seriously, get on it and finish it so we can talk about it. Uh, yeah, that that horse spot, Hunter Horse Helmsley lives, except it's probably his son because the real Hunter Horse, R.I.P. Uh, it's, it's, it's quad, the, the it's quad horse. <laughs> Quad, oh gosh, don't, oh no, Uh, so we saw the cheerleaders in masks, I thought that was kind of funny, uh, (laughs) the, the ladder, cause like, I, I, okay, I work retail, I'm, I'm a grocer, like, I, I, I'm not wearing one, um, but it's a matter of preference, fair enough, (laughs) I know a lot of Americans are saying to do it, but. Anyways, (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting way out of way out of this thing here. Uh, stay home, practice social distancing. So that ladder goalpost dive by the Bucks, and then they go, "It's good." <laughs> oh man, I'm a hockey guy. Like hockey's my primary sport, but I love the football puns. Uh, shout out to Jermaine Go Chiefs. Uh, that bar spot I thought was really neat because. You had your opponents, you had Jake Hager, you had Adam Page, and it's like, you know what? We respect each other, F it, let's have a whiskey. Then, well, you done? All right, pow, let's go. That buckshot Larry into the bar was a real, real cool looking spot, and I love that. I think they call it unofficially, or at least commentary was like, it's the buckshot bar! Uh, milk flavored whiskey sounds disgusting I love milk and if you listened to me last week you know damn sure that I love whiskey and I got actually got into the whiskey during our meeting on Sunday and I don't remember the rest of it um that one yeah you, you missed out on you missed the good one um the 100 yard northern light suplex was otherworldly like how I mean, it takes me two tries to get off that couch, and then not a cardio that you did that. My gosh, uh, but, 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 but I had uh, that Jaguar mouth. I, I don't know of his name. There's that spot where someone got knocked into the mouth of the Jag. I almost said Tiger because I just completed watching Tiger King. That that's another topic. That's off. That's an off air topic. There, my gosh. The Jaguar getting friggin' elbowed was amazing. Jericho, I, I didn't see the original context of the Jericho conehead. I just saw the memes. But I'm like, okay, he's wearing a parking cone on his head. Uh, you'll have to tell me about that after. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the friggin', okay, this was the Super Bowl. Because he's like, you know, uh, challenge, offensive, number three. 10-yard penalty, like, and then going into the instant replay room, you're a shitty referee, Aubrey! (laughs) Aubrey, no. Aubrey's awesome. You're awesome. Uh, I challenge... I hate the coaches' challenge in hockey. Uh, The fact that they brought the football version here was amazing. Matt Hardy going through his his Rolodex, and this week, uh, he was, um, like... Jobber Matt Hardy, like 1998, just before he started um, bringing. Remember when they brought in Michael Hayes? Yeah, they were wearing that gear. It was Omega gear. So going through the Rolodex, going through V1, going through Team Extreme, being 
uh, how did I think it was Zach that put it this way? It was like it's either Zach or Cultaholic. I can't remember, but it was like the drowning thing, and a lot of people thought that the drowning pot was kind of because well something else. Uh, right, but seriously, right. really, why uh, why are you going there? Um, no, um, it was like baptism in a way coming from someone who's been <laughs> baptized, like dunking way. Uh, <laughs> I get it. I understand it. I love it. Whoever that was, Zach, I think, awesome. Oh, Matt, fact, I wrote it down. He can hold his breath for 348 seconds. And while I break out my calculator, oh, hang on. Uh, Siri, what's 348 divided by 60? I think it's like... My- Six minutes. <laughs> no, can't. Break off. That's why that facts were amazing because they were I up there. He, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm I'm going on. Here's a couple more things. I swear he started saying, "I can slap a tornado." Yes, he did. He did. I do remember that. <laughs> Vanguard two. I don't know what they called Vanguard two here, but the 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 ring. The ring toll, bell tolls for the chair of wheels. This was a car crash. An amazing car crash. Uh, just, I, I, I can't. <laughs> wow. It was great. It was amazing. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you know what? I want to talk about the Inner Circle pep rally before we go into talking yes. about these favorite deals. Oh, my gosh. This was great. Um they had these deals where, because of the COVID deal, they just <laughs> had, like, these little shitty gifts that they were giving to each other. Like, uh, Sammy Guevara had these, like, little mini trophies where he, <laughs> where he gave one to Jericho, and he's like, he's like, this one says best dad, best dad, dad of jokes or something like that. And he was like, <laughs> he's like, so, well, it's like, well, we're, we're in a social distancing deal. We, there's only so much that I could do. Um, they... <laughs> There's that whole deal where uh, Santana and Ortiz, they had, uh, like, all these ra- random little deals for people. But I think it was, oh, gosh. I think I, well, I didn't, like, one of them give a picture of, uh, to Jericho. I think it was, like, Mark Anthony, if I'm not mistaken. Mark Anthony? He's my hero! <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> it was great. Uh, <laughs> Jake Hager with probably one of my favorite segments he's ever done. Just talking oh about just talking about happiness, and it goes. You have to watch it. I can't even justify the the, the beauty of this. Literally, it's just him starting off as a nice little poem, and then he just talks about ripping body parts, and then he's like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 Jake, 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 Jake," and and Jake just go, just realizes, "Oh, oh, uh, uh, that that that's what makes me happy." <laughs> Who hurt you, Jake? Who hurt you? <laughs> no kidding. Who hurt you? Who hurt you? Oh man! So we we also get a deal where they're show they're throwing the uh, the shirts to the outside, but the fans are throwing the shirts back, which was awesome. Uh, Sammy Guevara got a got a gift. Part of the shirts, though. Oh man! Sammy Guevara got one of the best gifts from Chris Jericho, which was the uh, the hit me up mobile <laughs> for his leg. <laughs> Puns keep getting better. Oh man, the role model here hit me up, mobile here. Just keep it going. And that, that 
Ortiz, his hearing was magically fixed by earmuffs. Sure, why not? It's wrestling. <laughs> uh, That's not how they work. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm kidding. It's just one of those things where it's like, you know what? It's wrestling. Just give it to them. They're being silly. It's comedical. Nothing makes sense in wrestling anymore. <laughs> but um, then, then Sammy asked the question, you know, well, Jericho, what would you like for a gift? What, would, what could we give you? And this is where it happened. Jericho says, and I quote, I want Mike Tyson's head on a platter. And, boy, howdy, we see. <laughs> and and Sammy's just like, well, well we, we don't have his you know, head on a platter, but what I do have is, you know, a, a cheese platter and a little bit of the bubbly. Pulls off one of the deals. There's just bu- empty bubbly, no cheese, and Jericho's already going like, like batshit crazy, like, you call this a cheese platter? It's not even a cheeser. What the fuck? He's just going absolutely crazy. Uh, Mike Tyson's music hits. Some of his crew members got a little bit of the bubbly. They're just drinking that. I would have loved if one of them had like a piece of cheese just to be. A, and then there could have been a moment where it's like, what makes you think that we had it? We could have gotten this cheese from the back. Just eats it right in front of them. That would have been funny. Uh, but yeah, literally it was a situation where he wants to basically not knock out Mike Tyson because on an episode of Monday Night Raw, it looks like, hey, Mike Tyson and Jericho are going to win the tag team titles from DX. Then Mike Tyson's just like, yeah, no, I'm I'm literally a troll. So he just rips off his shirt. It's a DX shirt. He knocks out Jericho. It's an interesting segment, but it's also kind of funny. Um, so basically he wants like an apology from from Mike, Mike is literally just like, he's just literally ripping off his shirt again, and he's just like, look at my muscles, I will never apologize, he doesn't even say anything, uh, I think Jericho got a shove in, and then everybody just, it goes like crazy, they have the entire locker room just going in, they're spreading out everybody, Mike Tyson's getting taken to the back, Jericho is just, it's just yelling like, I want Tyson, I want Tyson, get me Tyson! And he's just screaming Tyson, Tyson. And there's even one point where I have to put this out. He literally, Cole Cabana is trying to, he's trying to, help, he's trying to help the whole deal. And Jericho just shoves him away. He's like, get away, Cole. It's like, aw, poor Cole Cabana. I love this dude. But all Jericho's doing, he's just screaming, Tyson, Tyson, Tyson. He's just wanting Tyson. If, I mean, I think it was either Kayla or Rachel that said it best. It sold money if Jericho and Tyson are put on that Fighter Fest card. It's it's already going to be something that everybody's going to want to see. I, for one, would be one of them. Because that would be an amazing matchup. Even if it is just a, a, just a crash or a dumpster fire. I want to see this dumpster fire unfold. <laughs> I want to see either Mike Tyson knock out Jericho or Jericho somehow make Tyson tap out. Either way, it's going to be beautiful. It's a beautiful train wreck. This is Mr. T versus Roddy Piper all over again. <laughs> oh my god, oh. it is! Oh my god, it is! I could see, okay, I could see this ending the exact same way. Excuse me while I... So WrestleMania 2, here's a history lesson from your... Uh, Russell Attic Radio Historian. Open your books to page 69. And the kids say nice. 
Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. WrestleMania 2. Piper Mr. T ended in a body slam. Yes, because it was supposed to be a boxing match. And Roddy Piper's like, F it, I'll body slam you. DQ. Hmm. I think they might be smarter than that. I think I don't think we're giving them enough credit. Because the fact that they're hyping this up a bit means they got something planned. What it is, who knows. But if it does end that way, then I will literally say, Fretz, you called it. You are the <laughs> you are the mastermind. Master. I, I will literally I will literally sing your praises on the next episode when that happen if that happens. So alright, now let's get to the nitty gritty before we go on to our uh, one and only commercial break. That being these four matches, they've taken place. Again, to reiterate, Stadium Stampede, Firefly Funhouse, Boneyard match, and the Money in the Bank matchup. How would we rank these matches by far? Because these are the most talked about matches all year, arguably. Uh, there's some people that might say other, otherwise, but these are really good cinematic matches that, in all honesty, we're going to be talking about these for ages. So, here's how I'd rank mine. Mine would be the Stampede, then I would go with the uh, Money in the Bank, Firefly Funhouse, and Graveyard Match. All these have equal, amazing traits about them, but to me, Stadium Stampede brought a little bit of the realism to it, and it also brought a little bit of just comedic genius to it. I loved it. It was one of those things that I can look back on it and just be like, I would watch this on a loop forever, because it's it's that good. I'm yeah, I, 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 I'm with you there. Like I, this is a hard choice to put me on the spot, but my top my top favorite one out of all these is still the Funhouse match, just because of the the history, the psychology, the, the storytelling. This was a perfect storytelling match, which was another a giant full circle moment. Uh, and I'll put Stampede at number two just because of everything you said, the comedy, the everything. Everything in this match was, in my mind, was damn near perfect. Number three? Okay, this is... I'll, I'll go Boneyard just because it's Taker and AJ and yeah, just top-notch stuff, everything in there. It was another another good dose of comedy. By default, I mean, I didn't hate it, but Money in the Bank, it ha- has to go at number four here because something has to. Uh, I can't, I don't even remember too much of that. Yeah, like the all, all the cameos in that were amazing. And I yeah, love it, 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 it was, you. <laughs> yeah, Bruce Pritchard coming out of the, coming out of the, of the stall. You better wash your hands, man. Hey, he did. Uh, friggin', <laughs> he, I know, I know he did. Friggin' people power. Uh, Vince McMahon, and then he's just like sanitizes his hands. And the fact that they went back and pushed the chairs in, like that's such a Vinceism right there. Like a, a little known one, perhaps. Yeah. It, and it went up to a crescendo. Like everything, all these four cinematic matches all went up to an eventual crescendo. Uh, each crescendo more different than the last, and just as damn good. Phenomenal. Definitely. So, guys, 
We're going to take our one and our only commercial break, and then when we come back, cyberbullying. Is it still a problem? We're going to come back and tell you that yes, it is. I'm Wild. And I'm Randy Fitzsimmons, and this is the Game Changer Podcast. What's up, folks? This is Mr. Fretz from the Game Changer Podcast, here to tell you about my Patreon show, The 20 Bell Salute, where I go back 20 years ago each month in wrestling and pop culture. What movies were out, what video games we were playing, what music we were downloading on Napster, and what wrestling pay-per-views took place that month in WWE and what other promotions happen to still exist at this time. So join me in my Y2K-compliant DeLorean as I go 20 years into the past on the Wrestle Addict Radio Patreon. Join us for only 5 bucks a month. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Game Changer Podcast. I'm Nate the Effing Great, joined here by Mr. Fretz. We definitely do want to give a shout-out to all the people that love to listen to our voices, because what's better than listening to a Canadian and American argue about wrestling and sports and other stuff? I cannot think of anything else better. I'm just saying. So, we talked about AEW's Double or Nothing. So if you guys have missed that, then go back, listen to it, and then you can come back and listen to this part. Okay, so everybody's caught up now. So, cyberbullying. Something that has been going on has definitely been more of a trend, honestly, in the last year. So for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, is that there's been a lot of situations where we've seen people harassed, put down, and just made to feel inferior because everybody thinks that. There's some people that think it's cool. There's some people that are doing it for fun because they're quote-unquote bored, which is a stupid reason to do that. And it makes themselves feel good about themselves. Well, that's not something that flies by us. As somebody that has dealt with a little bit of the bullying deal, as well as the cyberbullying deal. I've told the story many times that there were people that were WWE hard marks that did not like that funny picture that I had where talked about, you know, King Corbin, he's the next Disney princess because, because you know, WWE now has, is, has a show on Fox. Fox is owned by Disney. And then blah, 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 that whole deal. So I've experienced that, and it is not fun. Even to this day, I'm still experiencing... A lot of those 
cyberbullying deals. And I've seen a lot of friends who have experienced that just because they have an opinion. It's really disheartening to see that. And there's so many moments where I've literally said, I'm sorry that our species is so horribly developed. That's just one of those things. I I can't take that, man. It's something that sucks. And to be honest, we sadly have two cases now in the last almost week where somebody has said something and it's just not for the best. The uh, first one, of course, and we definitely do want to give our condolences to uh, I'm just, uh, the name. The name of her was a uh, was a uh, Hana Kimori, right? Hana Kimura. Hana Kimura. Jap- Japanese wrestler from Stardom. Uh, only 22, 23, something really young like that. Uh, well, she was also part of a Japanese reality show. I don't know what I think it was akin to Big Brother. Long story short, there was a storyline in there where her housemate was doing laundry and her wrestling outfit wound up in the laundry and she got upset and uh, reacted in I don't know what such a manner and then in came the online hate and she's already been suffering with mental um, illness she I'm I'm not going to get into other the other aspects of it but it led to her taking her life and she was she was good friends with a lot of prominent people in wrestling like Asuka and Io Shirai and Kari and Kenny uh effing sad just heart wrencher I I think I never knew uh like I didn't I, I don't watch stardom so I, I think someone who would have who would have definitely felt this right in the heart is is Dusty Dave because he's a big proponent of women's wrestling and a big and a big uh, fan of stardom. So love you, Dusty Dave. Uh, heartbreaker and, and twenty two. My gosh. <sighs> yeah, we, we were talking about uh, with Owen, with the Owen episode. We were talking about how at thirty four, you know, too soon. This feels even sooner. Hannah would, to, to us, Hannah was basically a baby. Is that she is just starting to see her life, and she's starting to you know see some of the things that could come from life. And unfortunately, she met met with a lot of the negative parts of life. So before we go too further, we want to wish our condolences to the families of Hannah and to everybody that is still mourning over this major loss in the wrestling community. And this is not the first case that we've had where somebody has done, where, you know, the cyberbullying has taken place and people have lost their lives because they feel like nobody loves them, that the online opinion matters more than what's out in the real world. It's just absolutely amazing how people can just stoop that low to make somebody feel that bad. And I gotta mention this guy because he went after one of the WWE stars, Alexa Bliss. Uh, you know what? We we actually said we were not even gonna give him the, give him the name. We should say he who has no ball, no balls. He went on a bit of a deal on I don't know if it was a show or if it was just something that he wa- wanted to say, but he basically stated 
that Alexa Bliss is bad at wrestling, and somehow that also would relate to her sex life. That it would be horrible. To which I say, uh, okay, this is coming from somebody who <laughs> either has not had sex or obviously does not know how to speak to a woman. So much so that there's been a lot of people that have you know stuck up for Alexa, and that have definitely, and I even think, believe that Alexa Bliss even <laughs> mentioned it on yep. the on her Twitter where she says, "Excuse me, that shouldn't be doing that." And there are people that are saying like, "Don't give him, you know, that this kind of attention." And that's the main thing that a lot of people need to forget. There's some people that are doing this because they want attention, and if you want to get attention, do some good works. Do something that is making a difference in a positive light. Don't just go out and just say these things just to get somebody riled up and talked about. It makes no sense and it does more harm than what you think it does. Trust me. For I, I can think I can speak for both of us and say that we've been on that end of the sword. We don't like it. We are not those people that are going to take these, you know, remarks and we're not going to, you know, go quietly. We're definitely going to fight the back, but we're also most people that, especially going into June, we're going to be definitely promoting the fact that we want to help make a difference. And I'll tell you why why that in just a bit, but I definitely do want to get this final thought for this. So when it comes to cyberbullying, you need to watch what you say. There's some people that, yes, there, there are people that are hypersensitive about everything. I think there's even people that are just hypersensitive that if you just say hi it's like oh my god get away you creeper it's like you don't even know me i'm just stay i'm just saying hi i'm just being a human being communicating with another human being but apparently not it's i'm apparently talking to somebody who is allergic to just social gatherings social greetings and it's insane watch what you say and think about what you say because it can affect somebody more than what you think it will. Uh, absolutely. Just, yeah, that piece of work uh, is known for many other instances and even to the point where, like, uh, Nick Foley DM'd him and just told him that's a stupid thing to say. Then he put this, then he put Foley on blast, like, hey, uh, bu- 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 oh, thanks for making me part of your Memorial Day. Hey, by the way, it's like okay, okay, I'm Canadian, but like, are you really gonna pull this crap on Memorial Day? And after the week that the states had, I mean, Minneapolis, my prayers go out to. I mean, you and I have a mutual friend in Minneapolis uh, or in Minnesota. What? what? <sighs> my gosh! And when. And another mutual friend of ours, I'll tell you later, got roasted last night for for nothing. This person where, and, and this person just does video reactions in, in their sweater, and you roast them for the for that. Like, I've been okay. I'm the I am trying to work on myself too because earlier this year on Twitter, I called Mana a whore based on the storyline, right? Right. We, we, I think I, I, we've talked about this, but it's like, yeah. I mean, I was having fun in storyline. I probably, I, I damn sure shouldn't have said that, and I'm sorry, uh, Lana. Although you will never hear this, <laughs> she didn't block me. Thank. I mean, she didn't block me, which is a miracle. And, and another thing, like, why do people consider it a compliment 
when or a victory when someone blocks you they want to block you because you're directing so much negativity into their life and I, I'm working on myself. I mean, most of the time I, I look at a comment section and I'm just like, I'm gonna shut up because I'll piss someone off. Like, and I, I've been a victim of cyberbullying. I'm not so much on Twitter. At least I don't see it. If I see it, I look at it once and just block it. Like, fuck it. I don't care. Say what you want about me. I, I give. I couldn't give. I couldn't give twelve shits. Um, but back when I was doing message boards, like chat rooms, this was like oh between oh three oh five. Oh, I got I got lots of bad shit all the time too. And if I, I can't fathom how one human being can say to another human being to to kill themselves, fuck that. That is just the most. One of the most offensive things you can say to anybody. One of the most dehumanizing things you can say that. I, I'll, I'll look at the guy. I'll look at the person who says that and be like, "Who raised you? Like, if your mother was in the room and you said that fucking bullshit, it's disgusting." I, I could rant on. I'm. I, I echo all your sentiments. It's it's disgusting. Be, be better people and June is mental awareness uh, mental health awareness month for the love of everything holy just filter yourself think before you hit send like huh should I send this or should I keep this to myself and well the choice is yours you have a, you have, this thing in my hand is a powerful tool and what did Uncle Ben say Great power comes great responsibility. Bang. And as we do roll into June, guys, not only do we talk about, you know, mental mental illness, but we are also going to be going into uh, Pride Month. And we at the WrestleAttic Radio are going to be doing our part to contribute to the Pride Month with a special uh, Pride Collection for everybody from the Kings of the Rings to the Delight Show to the Young Lions Perspective to us here at the Game Changer Podcast, we have a special selection of Pride-approved merchandise that you can definitely check out on teespring.com. And I'm going to tell you guys this, that 100% of the proceeds will be going to the Trevor Project, the leading national organization providing crisis intervention, <coughs> excuse me, and suicide prevention services to lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and questioning LGBT community, young people under 25. And honestly, everything that we've talked about with Hannah, that is one of those things that really hits home. Is that once you hit the age of 20, it feels like from the age from like 20 to 25, that is a crucial year. Because you're trying to make that difference. You're trying to figure out what your life is going to be. And... We want to do our parts in helping out people that are going through this. So definitely, you don't have to feel obligated to, but by all means, check out our merch on teesprings.com. It is something that is honestly very beautiful, and it's very it's definitely very colorful. I know that our friend Kate Murphy is definitely a huge supporter of Pride, and she even went out 
to explain what each of the colors meant, and I thought that that was just absolutely beautiful. Shout out to Kate Murphy for being one of those people that has definitely been showing the support to that community, and let's make a difference to all the people there, and by all means, go check out the Trevor Project. It is a great organization where they are definitely making a difference. They are definitely game changers, we might say. No pun intended. So, with that being said, you guys, we are going to wrap up this edition of the Game Changer Podcast. Definitely check us out at Attic underscore Wrestle on Twitter. We also have a Facebook page, an Instagram page. So much that has been going on over this last week. You can check out us personally at the Legendary JF as well as at Real FN Game. You can definitely check out our podcast here on Spreaker.com as well as on Anchor and so many other great formats, including ambiguous podcasts who have been very, very, very crucial to us. So thank you to Ambiguous. Thank you to our main man, Willie T, for getting us on there. And hopefully you guys have been enjoying the shows more and more each time you do it. I know that I've been looking at the statistics here on the Spreaker deal. The numbers have definitely been going up, so much so that I'm getting close to 5,000 downloads on this channel here. And I'll tell you guys this, that if we can reach that before the end, honestly, it might even happen sooner than that. If we can get to 5,000 downloads before the end of the year, I will promise that the Game Changer Podcast will definitely do something very special. No, it will not be something spicy, because that's more for punishments than anything. We'll do something special. As far as what it is... I'll think, we'll think of something. We'll think of something very special. We'll think of something that will be our way of saying thank you so much for all the support that you have given us. 5,000 years. And honestly, guys, another great thing that's coming up is going to be the Kings of the Rings 200 episode. They're coming up pretty fast on a landmark deal. It is awesome. I mean, we celebrated five years as a podcast this year. 200 episodes for Kings of the Rings. Will, King Ricky, Kate Murphy... Congratulations on that milestone. That's just absolutely wonderful. And I, I actually forgot to, forgot to do this, and I feel bad. Zach, you hit a milestone yourself. I believe that you reached your 80th episode, if I'm not mistaken. Dude, that's still really awesome. Let's get you to 160. Let's get you to 250 episodes. How about that? Let's get you past that milestone. So, you got that, you guys? Like I said, the, the Delight Show, Young Lions Perspective, Kings of the Rings Podcast, and us here at the Wrestle at the Game Changer Podcast can be found on Wrestle Attic Radio. I've said a lot. I need to take a break for my voice a little bit. Mr. Fretz, do you have anything to add? Any final thoughts? Uh, I do. Uh, there was 200 episodes for for YLP. Uh, I think that's what you're thinking of. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, f- folks. Uh, if you need a listening ear, my DMs are open. Just just so you know, I, I think a lot of us. Uh, can relate. Twitter can be a real toxic place, and that's why you know, I, I work. So I'm like, I don't spend a lot of time on Twitter, except if I'm watching wrestling, and if someone says something stupid, I just ignore it. Uh, try, folks, oh, yeah, try, try to I don't want to say try to ignore it, but there's, there's something that uh, Thumper said in Bambi way back in the day, you know, if you can't say nothing nice, don't say nothing at all. And that's something my buddy Matt, who helped lead me, uh, who was very instrumental in my faith early on. I haven't heard from him in years, but Matt, I hope you're well. You'll never hear this. I don't think you know I have a podcast. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't think he would approve because I swear a bunch. But 
but that's that's neither here nor there. Yeah, I got to give a shout out to the Kings. I'm going to record my thank you to them uh, shortly. And folks, just just be kind, be better. This time next week, I was supposed to go to Niagara Falls Comic Con, but COVID be damned. Uh, I'm disappointed. I'm bummed out, but I get to have the Saturday off to do nothing. Uh, but I'll be catching up on you know the podcasts, whether it's Cultaholic, whether it's The Crossroads, Laser Time. Uh, I'm still doing all my Fave Fives every week that start off on Patreon, then later they're on uh, Ambiguous. I just uploaded the 20 Bell Salute May 2000, which involves David Arquette winning the title. Oh no. But it also involves talking about Battlefield Earth. Oh god no. Um, <laughs> Gladiator. Road Trip. WWE Judgment Day 2000, uh, Francis Faye 5, every week. This week I did heel turns. And I'm going to give another shout-out once again to Jermaine because he gave me the idea for next week's Faye 5. What is it? Well, you're just going to have to wait and see because because it's pretty good. If you have recommendations for the Faye 5, hit me up. Uh, Not like Sammy Guevara, but... (laughs) <laughs> not not like Sammy Kavara. Uh <laughs> so yeah, that's all I have folks be good be better and I love you on, on that note you can hit me up like you do Sammy Guevara <laughs> um, I, will, I will say this one more thing I definitely wanted to do before we uh, close off the deal uh, definitely do love to show support to our friends and family out there in the WrestleLatic Radio family, or in just, you know, wrestling community, podcasting, whoever it may be. So, definitely wanted to do a special shout-out to our boy, Dusty Dave. He's celebrating a birthday this upcoming week, so this is your shout-out, Dave. Happy birthday to you. Definitely have a drink on us. Another year older, another day wiser. And, honestly, guys, I I will say this that Dave is one of the nicest gentlemen that you'll ever meet. He is definitely one of the funnest guys that you'll ever meet. And we are looking forward to the Belt Bros being reunited again, as well as hopefully seeing, you know, what kind of wrestling shows we'll have for that. So that'll be something in the future. But in the meantime, hit that music. We've been here at the Game Changer Podcast. Thank you so much for listening in. We were reminding you guys, that you can make a difference, be smart, be safe out there, and please, do not be afraid to give each other some kind of words of encouragement as well as words of kindness. For Mr. Fretz, I've been Nate the Effing Great. See you guys later. Next week, it should be fun. The power is yours. <laughs>